0: All right, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Three Birds and a Punt. I am Afia and I'm joined by my friend John. Hey, John.
1: Hey, hey, how you doing?
0: All right, fans. The name of this episode is called OTA Begins. Um, Again, we're always happy to. To announce that we've partnered with Amaze Media Labs to be the official Eagle podcast for the Pigskin Network. You can find Three Birds and a Punt on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Twitter and on Instagram at Three Birds and a Punt. Please download and subscribe. We really have been appreciating all the fan support. You guys have been excellent. Thank you for sticking with us through all the trials and tribulations of the day. And now we're back in it and getting a talk. Our first love, our first passion, football. Okay. Yeah. Finally, football's back. Really? Oh, um, thankfully. our team, the Eagles, have waited the longest to start OTA. So it really has felt, you know, very like when when are we gonna be back? When are we gonna be back? When are we gonna be back? And finally, we just had our first OTAs and by all accounts it it was going pretty well. Um, I want to talk to you, John. I'm excited to tap in and talk to you about it today because it, it just seems like um, there's a lot of positive vibes going on with the Eagles right now, right? They just finished um, Devontae Smith's softball charity game, and they just seem like a lot of positive, good, great vibes, and mm-hmm. there seems to be some interesting changes with, with QB1. So, so what are your first impressions um, from the OTAs, which you've seen so far from the reporters and things of that nature?
1: I'm excited to see how those edge rushers perform because there's so it's hard to just seeing that they I think the Eagles went seven on seven they really didn't run they're not going to run any any 11 on 11s which is good prevents injuries but you get to do more individual group individual work with like said group and the defensive end out slash outside linebacker room is looking Amazing. Think about where we were last year and think about the additions we added this offseason. You can't help but be excited about the people we have, the people we're getting back, and Brandon Graham and um, just Hassan Redick. Um, I'm excited to see that group. I'm excited to see how Jordan Davis does. I think he's going to end up being more than just a rotational two-down Defensive tackle. I think he's going to end – they're going to unleash that dude. I think he's going to be a foundational piece for future seasons. Maybe not this year because he's going to learn under Fletch and Gravedigger, and, which is Hargrave, Hargrave, if you guys don't know. But uh, that linebacker group has improved. And then we look at the off, offensive side of the ball. Oh, my goodness. Look at the receipt. That receiver room is looking stout. What was once a weakness is now a supreme – strength like A.J. Brown comes in he's totally professional and that's you need a seasoned guy to to lead that room and who better to have than A.J. Brown you have Quez Watkins who I think is going to have a spectacular year in the slot and my boy Devontae I can't wait Jalen Hurts looks good he's taking on a more aggressive approach to his offseason working with Tom House and working on the stone mechanics and really at the season's end he was forthcoming and no understanding that he had to work on his accuracy and his pre-read snaps and he really has taken a full grasp at like getting that down and I, I look for an improved season from him. So it's kind of good to see the Chris Sims of the world put him down a ped- a few pedestals because you know what the sky's only the limit and I, yeah, no. one, I i really do i i i I feel very bullish on them and on the team and the offense as a whole and it's gonna be great.
0: You know John I think you, you brought up some, some very great points and I'm I'm definitely inclined to agree with you right I mean it, when Whip's not here we are the most positive pals. <laughs> on on the podcast platform when it comes to the Eagles, because I I do agree with you, right? Like, I think it's – we love the 11-on-11s, but I agree. The Eagles have definitely taken a really, um, I would say, um, radical approach to player safety this season. You know, they've really decided that they wanted to uh, limit the amount of OTAs. They get – you're allowed 10. They're only doing six. Um, They're not doing any mini camps, you know. Um, there's not going to be any 11 on 11s as as John uh, so so helpfully pointed out. So I do think that that leads a lot of opportunity for them to to really spend this time. I think coaches really focused on working on the fundamentals, on making sure that the team actually connects and really feeds into a competitive nature. And I do think that he's using this opportunity to really teach. A little bit more, and I think that's going to really pay off in the in the long run. Because when you get tired, you're going to lean back and fall back on your on your fundamentals. And I think John's having a little technical difficulties, so we'll be right back with him, and I'll just keep things going here. Um, the three birds, as as with Coach, we're, tre- we're preaching fundamentals. Um, so I I really genuinely do see the Eagles you know being a way more healthy team this season and i think that's going to pay off definitely in the later later parts of the year and john mentioned the defense and how um it's being currently constructed in a very unique way we now have different waves of of units we're now not just having a traditional uh defensive end uh defensive tackle groups we're having defensive end defensive tackle and then this hybrid linebacker defensive end group that I think is going to be more inclined to rush the quarterback you know John mentioned Hassan Riddick and that's gonna be like this great opportunity for us to really see how well he can he can rush the quarterback. I think when we started OTAs we saw that um TJ White I'm sorry TJ Edwards and Kasir uh uh white i believe or our first two uh linebackers up and i think we're going to be seeing a lot of um you know four two you know um hybrids and it's going to be very interesting to to see how this defense really works itself out and i'm really looking forward honestly like john said to to see the the offense Um, That was my big takeaway from these OTAs was they mentioned how well Jalen was throwing the ball. And I was, I was gratified to hear that because that's really what we want. You know, some of these bombs were, were, were excellent completions. And even when he was missing, you know, he was throwing it long, which I think that is something the the receivers are asking for and are looking for. But really what I'm hoping to see from Jalen is a better, um, like John mentioned his his pre his pre-snap reads his ability to go through his more than his first two reads, go through his progressions after the ball is snapped. Him not having any more wasted movements in the pocket. His body, his his hips seem a little bit more fluid, less less wide, and also his ability to get the crossers. You know, his ability to work the middle of the field. I understand maybe for Jalen, he may not ever be super comfortable with the middle of the field, but his ability to be able to work the middle of the field as needed, so that. Um, the defense can't key in on the fact that he tends to go outside in um, in order to sort of, you know, uh, intercept or disrupt the play. So I'm definitely hoping to see him really come into his own and become more and more confident about, you know, what's going on in in the middle of the field. And so that's something we'll hopefully see as as we keep going on, you know. Um, what we're hoping to see, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that the Eagles are saying to themselves, Hey, we're going to get most of our, our, our good, uh, workout happening from these two, uh, practices we're going to be having, I think with the dolphins. And I believe maybe with perhaps with the bangles, I'm not sure about that one, but that the bare minimum, we're going to be working with the, the dolphins. And when we're working with the dolphins and I see, I've got John back. Um, Hey John, I'm talking about the fact that we're going to be um, having these joint uh, practices with the Dolphins and I believe maybe the Bengals. And that'll be the opportunity for us to get our real, like, so let's say 11-on-11 11 11 work in. And that's why the Eagles are deciding not to actually do 11-on-11 11 11 work this this, this offseason, right? Because they're feeling like they'll get a lot of that good competition in when we, when we do these joint practices. So I think it'll be a really good opportunity to really see where we are at once training camp comes and, and those practices start coming in. But, um, for these, for this first OTA, you know, it's, it's been pretty good. The vibes are, are immaculate as they say. Um, (laughs) and that, and that leads us to be optimistic that this season we'll have, you know, we'll be able to build off of that strong, you know, first season, um, Nick Nick seems to have a really good understanding of how he wants the team to be run, how he wants to increase competitiveness and treat and, um, and preach fundamentals and use this opportunity to be teaching more. And I think that that's really going to pay off in the later end of the season when your body is worn down and you're really going to be leaning more back on what you learned, you know, in the summer to kind of push you through then really – having to necessarily learn all that stuff now when you're really so far in the season and you're tired.
1: Very true. I think scaling back to OTAs also will keep a lot, keep us fresh. Last year we we were in the best health we've had in years. Aside from like say Malu's injury and Jack Driscoll and Brandon Graham, of course, we, we really were blessed health wise. Absolutely.
0: Um, No, I agree. And I think that outside of those, you know, freak injuries, we didn't have as many, like say soft core, uh, uh, soft, you know, soft tissue injuries. And I think that was one of the downfalls to, to Doug's tenure is that after a while, he just couldn't overcome all these injuries that we've had. And we revamped the medical, uh, side of things like two, three times before we finally seem to have hit on a formula that that's working. Um, I want to shift our focus a little bit to go coaching and to talk about some of the changes that have happened on the, the coaching side of the ball and how that is going to have perhaps the most um, influential impact on this season so far. In particular, I'm talking about the fact that um, our offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is now fully taking over play calling duties. That's something that he revealed in a press conference um, that he had with the Eagles report, beat reporters. And so I'm curious your opinion, John, on the the fact that Nick is no longer calling plays or stopped calling plays somewhere in the second half of last season, which, you know, coincided with us having um, or sort of a offensive um, push, right? That really led us to where we are in the playoffs. And now he's going to be taking over play calling um, full time. How do you feel like that's going to affect this season moving forward?
1: It'll be good because he knows his players' strengths and weaknesses and what play calls to call. And Nick, Coach Ceriani actually touched on this. He said that we, we as a staff, we've grown – from last year, and uh, a lot of that is understanding what we do well, what we don't do well, and knowing the personnel with their strengths and weaknesses, and really um, allowing Shane to grow into that role of this calling plays. But everything that Shane calls, Coach Seriani is oh, puts together. They put together the plays for the hot sheet or the call sheet, and basically. They just go down, he lets them go, and that's really, that autonomy is really what you need for Mm -hmm. young staff. It could turn out to be really good
0: yeah I think it shows a lot of trust right in the in the growth that uh that Shane has been able to show, and you know I, and we we tend to forget that Shane had a lot to do with Justin herbert's development into a pro Bowl quarterback he was over there with the Chargers before we picked him up as our offensive coordinator when they when things changed over there, so he's a very bright mind, and I do think um allowing Nick to take on a more um CEO role on the on the head coaching side, you know, him being able to be able to oversee every element of of the football field, not just the offensive side, I think will be a, a huge boon, you know, um to to the Eagles and and their game plan this this season, especially because I think it'll it'll definitely allow for 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 Nick or coach not to feel maybe um divided his attention be so divided um and he can really focus on how to be a head coach in all phases of the of the game I think it's gonna hopefully also pay off in a huge way for for Jalen you know he's finally having a lot of continuity you know this is they people have mentioned a lot that this is the first time since high school that he'll be in the same offense for the second year in a row I think there's a lot to be said for that level of continuity and his ability to know where all the bones are buried, so to speak, for him to actually understand what what the offensive play is. You know, we, we have a, a great reputation of Jalen being a, a real grinder, a tape grinder, loves being in the film room, you know, loves loves digesting all that information. I think that'll pay off well if you have, you know, for the second year in a row, an offensive coordinator who really understands what you like, what you like to do, what makes you comfortable. and also you. Have have the same quarterback coach who again knows what you like to do, knows how to make you feel comfortable um and and are prepared to to really work with you in that way. So, it, I think it could really be beneficial to not have to make this switch in the middle of the season like they did last year, but really have it all laid out now. And I think, you know, Shane mentioned great point that um if coach wants something called, you know, they 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 make the game plan during the week, you know, so by the time Sunday comes, it's really not a matter of like I'm calling this like this is something we've all collectively decided earlier in the week that these were the plays that we feel comfortable with. I'm just choosing to bring them forth at different levels of the game as I feel it needs to be called. You know, so I do think that that collaborative process won't go away.
1: I agree. And that continuity speaks volumes, especially late in the season. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to get players up to speed. You're just installing. Installing off of what you already built, and that's a great thing. If you could like expand your playbook, going into a play on the way on the way to, to a long playoff push, it goes a long way. It could be a special season. It could be a special season. I saw um, one of the writers talk about how this this is the mat, The stars are aligning, basically, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can only feel for like that could be true. You never know. You never know. As long as they keep working towards it. And it seems like they are. And it seems like how made the right decisions it was like coach added the right um, personnel. And uh, we have the, we had the leaders in house to get it done. I think.
0: I, I hope so. I'm always, it looks good on paper and I'm always wary when it looks good on paper. You know, I think, I mean, I think Philly would be very much agreeing with me, all Eagles fans would agree with me, that we tend to do best when we're flying a little bit under the radar. When expectations are, like, at their lowest for us, we tend to really go out and surprise people and really, you know, outmatch all our expectations. And it feels like, you know, the fans have a lot of really positive expectations this season, you know? Even me, you know, last season was just vibes, and we ended up in the playoffs, and it was like, okay, well, all right. Like, okay, in this season, I'm actually, like, Hey, we are expecting like, like bare minimum is to make it to the playoffs. And we all know that we're all looking at this season and we're saying anything other than a playoff when it's a complete and out of bus, that's a lot of expectations for a young team that really mm-hmm. doesn't have, you know, all of our, our elements of, of winners are really, you know, um, these veterans who are one or two to three seasons away from, you know, retiring. So I, I think it's, it's, it it might be a lot to ask for this young group to to really come in and and really have all these pieces in place all together. It looks great on paper. I'm not. Um, I'm definitely hoping that it'll it'll what what we've been putting into into theory will will come to fruition in practice. But I'm just as been I've been an Eagles fan too long. You know I know I know the signs. Of, of of expecting too much and, and the pain when it inevitably comes to a bitter crash. So I'm just trying to keep it all in perspective that it really does um, rely on a lot of things going our way in, 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 a, in a ways we can't control. And so I'm, I'm very um, cautious to say, you know, everything looks good so far. For what they may have and could have planned, they've done their best. But we really, we really won't know. We really will not know. Jalen may not take the step we need him to take. The wide receivers may not be as good as we want them to be. The defense may not be as in sync as we want it to be, and it may take some time. Being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, um, being a a being a Philadelphia fan in general has sort of made you numb and 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 sort of know that you 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 if you get nice things, it doesn't last very long.
1: That's true. It could be fool's gold all along.
0: It really could. So I, I just gotta put in, you know, in the spirit of whip, I just had to toss in a little Negadelphia in there just <laughs> so we don't get too ahead of ourselves and um and start singing Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Cause I don't I don't know if the Eagles are in that. Like when I think of a perennial playoff team, I think about the Green Bay Packers, right? I think about for at one point the Seattle Seahawks. Um, i think about um the patriots right at one point like you you can just almost guarantee no matter what they're going to make it the eagles aren't quite there now have we been to the playoffs more often than not yeah for sure more See often than any year, other team than the, yeah exactly right more than any other team in the um in the nfc east but mm-hmm. we're not perennial you can't necessarily like you can count on it like you set a watch to it and until that becomes the case so it's almost an afterthought. I'm always gonna be a little cautious. Um, that we're you know, we're not over the hump of, of having like bad luck yet. But um, oh, but dude. anyway, sorry, let me what were you gonna say, John?
1: No, I'm I'm on board with you on that because one thousand percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, let's get to the promo. We've got a good one for you folks tonight. Okay, are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals actions with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you could do just that. This NBA season, a customer plays a $5 game parlay and won over $5,000. Wow, what a great deal! Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have the shot to win even a bigger payout. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. You see it scrolling down your screen. Make any $5 bet on the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code T-P-P-N. You see it draw- on your screen. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sporting books, sporting bets partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Oh, man, you guys have to get that deal. That's a, a great deal. deal. That's a great deal. <laughs> That's a great deal. All right, so I really want to continue on with this This conversation about you know the the Eagles and their expectations and I want to know from your perspective who do you feel like has the most approved this Eagles season you can name anybody in the organization really it doesn't necessarily just mean players um that you feel like really has the most approved and 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 and, and we should be expecting big things from
1: Marcus Epps
0: Marcus I, I would all the people you would have said I wouldn't have thought it would have been Marcus Epps. tell me why
1: he has the opportunity. He showed he's shown flashes. He was good coming out of Wyoming. Walked on at Wyoming from LA. Like a really down-to-earth and humble dude. He's an introvert, but like the dude can the dude can play. Um, he teammates love him. Honestly, I think he could take a step this year. I think he could show up the back end. It's just a matter of playing over 300 snaps. I think he played 252 or something like that last season. And I think he's ready to, to to stick a claim as one of the top 10 safeties in the league. He has good range, he has good coverage ability, he can come down and fit fill and hit as we saw um in that Carolina Panther game. He came up and wrecked the running back. I forget the running back's name, but he came up and wrecked I was like, "Wow." That kid, is, if if he could get consistent snaps, with another safety that's gonna hold his end down, whether it be in the box or up high, I think we could have we could have a good safety for years to come. And he's still he's still fairly young. Um, I I think there's there is pressure from him. The Eagles have looked outside in adding Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. They missed out on Marcus Williams, the safety from the Saints who left and signed a big deal with the Ravens. So I think that sure he's aware that they they they're, they're not looking to replace him, but looking to they were looking at potentially upgrade that position. Absolutely. But I'm I'm sure they they said that, you know what? They kept going over all the options and they kept coming back to him. And I think now he has the prime opportunity to shore it up for years to come. Um it's going to come with um coach gannon calling great coverage calling great plays and him being in a good position i think he will because he played fairly well last year in the i just think it would get bigger <laughs> that's yeah. it
0: and... yeah no I, I i definitely i you know what it's an under radar pick but i would agree with you there's a lot riding on that that safety position um, we we haven't solidified it. You're right that there, there are uh, chances that we're looking to to put more talent in that position, but he's definitely um, right now has the opportunity to to make his mark and and hopefully keep that that job for as long as possible. It's it's going to be one of those situations where I think that the Eagles will be looking for opportunities. Like there was talk of us trading. Um, for that Raven safety, there's that Bengals safety that's out there lurking. That says he's not going to play on his franchise deal. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of opportunities that that could happen. Um, now that June 1st has come and gone, I think that that will open up a lot of other opportunities because I think that that makes it so that the whatever they sign, trainers ain't not counting against the cap in some way. That that before that June 1st date, it would have. Um, so I think, you know, Howie's always doing a lot of cat maneuvering around this time. So I, I definitely think that um, Marcus should be hungry for it and 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 hopefully he, he'll do well in it. But it's something that, I mean, if, if they end up picking somebody up in training camp, you know, I won't say it's because he didn't play hard or practice hard. It'll just because it was just an opportunity to upgrade that they couldn't pass up. You know, I definitely think that's a that's an important um area of the of the of the team to be to be thinking about and looking at um I think you already know where I'm gonna go with 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 my with my player um it's it's Jalen Hurts it's QB1 what um and I'm and I, I mean I, I don't I don't think I should have to explain why but yeah. you know I love to talk so I will you know um we're only gonna go as far as really Jalen's ability to to out to outmatch what his what his baseline is. Okay. We all know that Jalen Hurts is a very good running quarterback, right? He's got 10 rushing touchdowns, which I think is the most in franchise history or something like that in a season. He's excellent when it comes to Putting, you know, running the ball and, and doing the things like that, but we really need to see his maturation as a passer, his ability to be consistent, and to be able to get the ball where we needed to be each and every time we needed to be it. That is still a huge question, and until that question is answered in a in a in a way that is positive and definitive, it's still going to be a situation where if the Eagles, you know, needed, they would have upgraded the position. I think I I don't think it's it's um. coincidence that even though Jalen was working with Tom House and and he's grinding in the in the tape room and he's doing all the things he needs to do to to be uh the franchise quarterback that the Eagles were looking in on Russell Wilson that the Eagles were looking in on Deshaun Watson that the Eagles looked in on um Aaron Rodgers like it's it's even with the things that Jalen went to do and we're hoping will pay off for him. The Eagles were still thinking that if they could, they would have upgraded the position had had that opportunity being available. So I do think that, you know, insofar as whatever Jalen will want to evolve and grow as a player, there's still that ceiling. And and I know everybody wants that ceiling to be way higher than and it, it may be, but we just we just really don't know. And I think that the Eagles have done an excellent job of being able to set the narrative to say that they really made sure that they give him every opportunity to figure it out, because they 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 literally put real assets into trading for his best friend, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you don't do that with a guy you don't believe has the opportunity to be your franchise, right? So mm-hmm. so it, it's a win win for them, um, whether Jalen ends up performing or or he doesn't and they end up being in a position to draft a QB and then you've got your ready-made QB uh, wide receiver one wide receiver two and you hopefully got a better defense than you had the year before so I definitely think that Jalen has a lot to prove because if you're looking at it take a step back you say this team is ready-made for a QB that can win
1: that's true I agree
0: and 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 so far um, we know that when it came to playing teams over 500, we weren't good at it. You know, we, we couldn't win against good teams, and so that's gonna be a big question this season. We're obviously not gonna be playing that many winning teams. Thankfully, we have an easy schedule, like the third easiest schedule in the in the league or something like that. Mm-hmm. But still, we've got some good games, some benchmark games that we're gonna be able to look at and and hopefully be able to 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 see a lot when it comes to to Jalen and his ability to really take hold of that, that franchise label.
1: I think they can't afford to start off slow. I think mm-hmm. they have to start off four and zero, or four and one going into that buy. Mm-hmm. They have to, there's like, there's no excuse. If, yeah, they, I won't, agree. if they aren't four and one or five and O four and zero going into that fifth week, it's going to be rough.
0: Listen, if we don't win that game against the Lions, it's going to be rough.
1: Oh yeah. Okay? Like people
0: are already looking at that as an absolute dub. So I just think that, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of a potential to get smacked in the mouth, but we better not get smacked in the mouth. Better not. So That's um, true. Yeah. Um all right, let's let's get into our last topic of the night. We've got some big front office changes. Um, I think it's been a while since the Eagles have had this many changes. I know every year we're always adding people, taking people off, but we really haven't had this much turnover in quite some time. Um, I think it's really – I've been reading a lot of different articles about the cultivation of of Howie's power recently and how it's changed and shifted. He's he's less – um, taking in a lot of opinions from other people, and he's more going with his gut. I think I read a, a really good article by Marcus Hayes on that. And Jeff McClain's been excellent in his dogged, intrepid reporting on how the sort of man- manifestations inside the the NovaCare complex get done. Um, we heard recently that Julian Lurie, Jeffrey Lauri's son, has now taken on an official role within the Eagles organization as he's prop, he's getting groomed to to take over. Um, Andy Widal's out; he's he's back to Pittsburgh to be the assistant GM there. We just elevated Alec Hallaby and this other man to be two assistant GMs. Titles we haven't given out for a very long time. I'm a lot of changes. Um I'm I'm wondering what your take is on on these changes John and, and what do you think w- the results of these changes are going to be for the for the Eagles front office moving forward.
1: I like Joe Ferrari. Like he's a guy that comes from the background of working with the the but like with the what was it the the minority hiring process or like minority fellowship of the NFL. And mm-hmm. things like that i knew but, he would like, work
0: with he, the NFL league is that where you were <laughs> yep okay um, excellent uh,
1: in all counts like he is a good person and of, of with a lot of knowledge that could help on as far as like contracts and things like that um losing Andy white is going to be rough but, yeah
0: there's no but there's there's nobody on the on the scouting side with his sort of heft. You know, like like I think what we were saying maybe for the last couple of seasons was a good balance between analytics and scouting or maybe a little bit more to the scouting side and a little bit away from the analytics. But now with Alex Hallaby being elevated to that system GM role, and we don't have like unless he's hiring a third assistant GM, you know, whatever scouting head they end up ultimately choosing, it's still going to be beneath these two assistant GMs. You know, so now we've got, OK, we've got an analytic guy being the assistant GM and we've got F- Ferrari who is, is seen as sort of the conduit between coaching and front office. All He does compliance and operations. Right. So he mm-hmm. kind of makes things sure things are flowing smoothly. So who's our who's our scouting? Um, who's our scouting equivalent? I'm a little nervous about that because I do think the league is going trending in that maybe that direction where we're not. Putting so much of an emphasis on your ability to have a scouting background, but I do think that's still ultimately very important when it comes to drafting and all, and really when it comes to being able to um, pick pick talent and free agency and, and trading and stuff like that. So um, I always get a little nervous when I see the the Eagles start to lean a little bit back towards the the, the numbers um, because that can be a little deceiving. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Howie balances this out, especially because we we can clearly see now with Tom Donahue leaving and these mm-hmm. other uh senior assistants coming in that you know Howie's not gonna be relying so much on other people's voices anymore.
1: Very true. I think we added Brandon Hunt from the Steelers as well. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. the director of scouting for the Browns is gonna mm-hmm. run our scouting department. I think um They'll, they'll fall in because Howie, you know what, iron sharpens iron. And, mm-hmm. like, we lose a lot of good people, but we 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 seem to have restocked a few times. Like, we got lucky when we got mm-hmm. Joe Douglas and Andy White to begin with. Honestly, when when we signed them, I was like, wow, these guys are like – you can Powerful. tell they had it. They had it, and it showed. And then I, I, I'm confident that the additions that we have – will get us over to home. Now, there's a story about Alex Hallaby getting chewed out by Doug Peterson when Doug Peterson was still coaching. Yeah,
0: he, Alex, Doug Peterson didn't like Alex Hallaby. He <laughs> thought he was way too analytical and didn't put enough emphasis on real-life examples. You know, like, if the numbers say this, then this is what the numbers say, even though maybe that isn't, like, we have to allow some room for human error or human ingenuity or human creativity okay. to beat whatever the numbers say. That's football and in, in an elephant. It's not, it's not baseball, right? In <laughs> baseball you get so many games and so that averages out to whatever it is that your numbers tell you. But in but in football it doesn't quite work out that way. Like more often than not, you may see elements of intangibles that you can't put on a on a on a on a sheet. Um, and so I worry about that part of it as far as him following up information to the big guy, Howie, all of it maybe is going to be coming from an analytical lens that isn't going to be thinking about real-world properties.
1: And one thing is you can't measure heart, and that's one yeah. thing. Like, I think all the additions that we have on the defensive side of the ball,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oof. I just, oof. Right. Oof, like, N'Kobe Dean. We got N'Kobe Dean in the third round. Right. We got Jordan Davis in the first round. We have Asan Reddick, that Kyron Johnson from Kansas was nice as a defensive end. A little bigger defensive end, but all of the additions on defense are just like strong will alpha players, and that's kind of what we were missing. If you think really think about it, especially late in the season, like those Cowboys games, I think specifically for those Cowboys games, because there's no... They want. They're going to be more competitive. They want guys that are like going to be angry and bring it. And that's the the um, what you build a team around. You build a team around tough, hard nosed players. Then you like that's the that's the commonality. You need that. You need that for a winning football program. You can do X could do expirals all you want, but if the player doesn't play with that
0: right that intensity happen. and i think that's what nick you really really looks for in his in his players you know is that dog in them right he mm-hmm. really wants his players to have this this huge competitive spirit so i do think that that's it's going to be one of those Elements that if if Nick is you looking for this sort of intangible uh, energy from these people, um, they're really going to constantly be questioning that portion of it. You know when they're when they're looking at these these stats and these um, these figures of these of these guys. You know saying look, measurables say that. You know I'm, I'm just thinking about JJ, okay, and how um, everyone thought because the measurable said that he should make an excellent. You know, X receiver, he had the body makeup for it, that that would automatically make him a good X receiver. And just because I've got the the width span or the body span, this and the third, doesn't mean that I'm going to necessarily be able to live up to whatever my potential is, you know? Um, attitude too. is not ability, you know? So we right. really have to be understanding that and recognizing that just because you have all these metrics. And you're assuming that this person is meeting or fitting in this these defined metrics, that doesn't these, these super defined metric that doesn't mean that they're always gonna be able to end up performing um as optimally or, or exactly as you as you want them to be. And I and I can I feel like I've I've heard too many, I've heard too many articles now that have basically pushed off every bad decision that we've made in the draft to someone other than Howie, right? Howie let himself be swayed this way. Howie, you know, and so, you know, you know that that just goes to show you that that's him always positioning himself to never be the one holding the bag, which is fine. Um, but you've chosen to not have a personnel guy with any heft, now on your side you take it on this this way where Alex has more say than ever and now we have to hopefully see what what that looks like in this upcoming draft um if they rely too much on analytics and not enough on tape or scouting you know I think it's going to be a real detriment and honestly a real pattern because it's what I expect so this is just a harbinger of what I sort of am expecting to to sort of um let's hope that the the peak is us winning the Super Bowl because the the valley is going to be bad as always.
1: Mhm. I agree. <laughs>
0: Well, all right. That has been a, another great episode of Three Birds in a Punt. Please make sure you subscribe and download to the podcast. We're streaming on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're following us on, on Apple. I mean, so Twitter, Instagram, at Three Birds and a Punt. Uh-huh. Uh, you can follow me at According to Afia on Twitter. And you can follow my friend, John. Where can they follow you at?
1: John Monroe Jr. on John Twitter.
0: Jr. on Twitter, okay. And please hit that subscribe and follow button right now. Thank you. This has been another episode of Three Birds in a Pond. Go Birds.
1: Go Birds.